sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Greetings this morning in Jesus' name. Welcome to all the visitors. It's good to see the house well filled. People I haven't seen for a while, it's good to have you here. And uh, hope that you can worship the Lord with us this morning. <clears throat> He is worthy to be praised. God is, uh, God is a great God. Jesus is alive. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Praise the Lord for that, that we have an intercessor that is interceding for us on our behalf. And uh, we can come to his throne room boldly through prayer and through the precious blood of Jesus. <clears throat> so before we go into... The few thoughts that I have here, I would like to open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we come to you this morning in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you are our God. We thank you that we can be your sons and daughters through the blood of Jesus. Thank you that your mercy is new to us every morning. And thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation, that you loved us so much that Jesus came and died for our sins and paid that great price. Lord, I pray that you would help us to put our trust in you, that we wouldn't grow weary in well-doing, that we wouldn't grow weary in in waiting for your return, but Lord, that we would be faithful, that we would fight the good fight of faith, and that we would not lay down our sword nor our shield, but that we would be vigilant because we know that the enemy is about, he's trying to deceive, destroy, and destruct And Lord, we are no match for him, but we know that with you on our side, the battle's already been won. We thank you for that and pray that you would help us to to, uh, yield our lives a living sacrifice to you. And uh, that way we know that you are on our side, Lord. Be with us this morning. Pray that you would help us to worship you in truth and in spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I don't feel like I have a lot to share, but I do want to read some scripture <clears throat> for a short meditation. Last night, I was just kind of praying and reading the Bible. What should I talk about? What should I bring? And <clears throat> this is something that I often think about in life that we are all living here in this world. <clears throat> Why don't we turn to this, a story in Matthew 14? Matthew 14, I I believe I'll begin reading in verse 14, kind of breaking into the middle of the passage here. Matthew 14, beginning in verse 14, and Jesus went forth and he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. 
And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the village and buy themselves, what I would guess, food. But <clears throat> and Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give them to eat. And they said unto him, We have here five loaves and two fishes. That's all we got. And he said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained, 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go before him into the other side while he sent the multitude away. So Jesus told the disciples they should go into the ship, go to the other side, while he sends the multitude home. And when he, was, when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was con- contrary. And on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee. Bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. And he said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. And they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. I think we'll stop reading there. This is a passage that my mind often goes to when we face trials in our life. I think every one of us could probably could probably remember a time when we felt that the waves were a lot bigger than we were. But one thing I'd like to for us to think about we probably have all been at a place where we have felt, Lord, Am I the only one you're asking me to do this? Why is nobody else having to do this? Am I the only one that's facing this battle? Am I the only one that is facing this struggle? It doesn't seem like my friends, my family, my neighbors face this. Why me? Peter could have said that. When he called out to Jesus and he said, Jesus, if it's you, bid me come. And Jesus said, come. To all the, I think, <clears throat> so Jesus, the Son of God, will someday call all of us, to those who he hasn't, and to those who he has called, he has called us, to step out in faith from our surroundings, from our comfort zone, from our families, you could say, from our whatever it may be, step out in faith because he called us. And there were times that we find ourselves all alone. And I think Jesus wants us to be at that place because then he can be 
what he wants to be in our life. So there Peter was. He had left the comfort. I mean, he could have looked back at those uh, at his friends in the ship. They were in the in the safety of the boat. Um, they weren't they weren't out there on the water all by themselves next to being swallowed up by these big waves. And he began to doubt. And sometimes I find myself in that place wondering, why am I being asked to do this? Why didn't he call the others? He wants us to be have him as the sole purpose in our life, where we can stand out there and say, Jesus, I am all yours. The waves are out here. I need you. By faith, he walked on water. So when you feel like you're going through something that it feels like nobody else is asked to go through, Peter did that. Jesus asked Peter that. And I think he asked us to go through these times for the very purpose of us feeling our total reliance on Christ. And then he can make himself, he can show himself to us in a way more real way, in a different way than he did to those other disciples. When, um, when Peter called out and said, Lord, save me, Jesus was right there and he saved him. Then they went back to the, uh, to the other people in the boat. Sometimes standing out there on the water gets, it feels pretty unstable. I don't know how much he bounced up and down with the waves before he started sinking. But it's, it feels pretty unstable. But as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, those waves will never grow big enough to overtake us. Only when we begin to look back or look at these waves or look at the situation, begin to compare ourselves saying, nobody else has to go through this. Why is it just me? We begin to sink. Nobody else has to give up this in their life. We begin to sink. Nobody else has to stand, be different. We begin to sink. But God won't, as long as we cry out in faith, even if it's a little bit of faith, God still saves us. Jesus said, O thou of little faith, but he had a little bit of faith. He knew that Jesus was the answer. Let's go to, I'd like to read a chapter in Isaiah that kind of goes with this. It's a very common chapter, Isaiah 40. As we read through this chapter... Think of yourself maybe out on those waves or out in the sea. And just allow these words of the description of God become real to us. Isaiah 40 says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her, cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and that her iniquity is pardoned. And she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. 
and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The voice said, Cry, and he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it, surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bring us good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bring us good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say, say unto the cities of Judah, Behold our God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms, and carry them into his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with the span, and comprehendeth comprehendeth the dust of the earth in a measure, and weigheth the mountains in a scales, and the hills in a balance? Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, who taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket. Of a bucket, and are accounted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing, and Lebanon as is not sufficient to burn, nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. To him they will, to whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto him? The workman melteth a graven image, and the goldsmith spreadeth it over with gold, and casteth silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he hath, he hath no obla- ob- oblation chosen a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Have ye not been told? Have it not been told you from the beginning? You have, not underst- <clears throat> have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens, as a, curtain and sp- as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity." Yea, they shall not be planted, yea, they shall not be sown, yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth, and and he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take take them away as stubble. To whom then will ye liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, behold, and behold, who hath created these things? That bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speaketh, O Israel? My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. 
Has thou not known, has thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That's a description of our God. How he measures the mountains in his hand or in scales and um, just the just the massiveness of our God. And if we wait on him, that power, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. If you think of these eagles that overcome the law of gravity, so, so we can overcome the law of sin and sin in our lives. We can overcome the law of discouragement that wants to bring us down if we wait upon the Lord. But we have to come to that place where Peter did. He stood out there and he realized, I believe, that Christ was his only salvation. He had left the comforts of his boat. He had left the safety of his boat. God called him. And that's where we need to come to. As long as we rely on our own strength and our own intellect and our own knowledge, we are going to fall sometime. <clears throat> we need to wait on the Lord and he'll renew our strength. Sometimes we all get weary. <clears throat> I found this online about eagles. I hadn't heard it before, so I didn't do a lot of research on whether it's for sure accurate or not. But they say that these bald eagles, once they get over 30 years old, <clears throat> they fly to a high place. And there they endure some very harsh trials and undergo a change. At that point, their feathers become way too long and overgrown, so they pluck all their feathers out. Their tallows have become all overgrown and curled, and they pull those out. And their beak has become too long and curved, and they break that off. They beat it against the rock and break some of it off. Defenseless, it cries out, and it waits for the time of renewal. So this is what the Internet said. So, <clears throat> But anyhow, it makes a good point. They wait for the time of renewal. Other eagles hear this cry way up on, I don't know how high, and they come to their aid. They fly overhead, scaring off predators that may want to come and attack this incapable friend or incapable bird. They bring food. There they wait. And after a while, new feathers begin to grow, new tallows, whatever, begin to grow, and a new beak grows, <clears throat> or it grows back, and they are renewed. This waiting in Hebrews, I can't pronounce the Hebrew word, <clears throat> But it means, it doesn't, it means the word is to bind together like a cord. It doesn't mean to tie a cord around a bundle of sticks to keep them together. Instead, it means the process of making a rope by twisting and weaving small strings together from the rope. And then it's a, and then it's a big long rope. That process of how they weave a rope together. That 
So what it says is, uh, is the Hebrew word of waiting. And if you think about waiting on the Lord as he renews our strength and we are weaved together with the strength of the Lord, not just wrapped in and uh, like a bundle of sticks where he sustains us, but we are weaved together as we wait, as we get that strength. There's, there's guaranteed victory for us. <clears throat> if we wait on the Lord, our strength will be renewed. And I believe we all need to come to that place or we all face that place sometimes. <clears throat> Being still. A lot of times that's hard for us to do, especially in trials when the pressures are calling and, and we're trying to figure this out. Being still and just waiting. Because like this chapter described the greatness of God. There is no equal to him. There is no competition to him. And he is the one who's asking us to step out of our boat, walk towards him, and wait on him as he renews, as the waves come, and he renews our strength. God is sovereign. He knows every detail of our life and what is happening. God uses... Sickness, problems that come in our life, troubles and trials, to work towards the goal that he has set for us. He uses those things to take away the unnecessary things in our life to shape us into the character and the attitudes that he wants. Now we have a choice in allowing that to happen. God uses these things, times of waiting, times of, times of uh, feeling despair, you know, feeling maybe despair or whatever. He uses those things to shape our character and to create in us or allow an attitude to come from us that he wants. <clears throat> So my last few thoughts are on this week, this week coming, this next month, when you feel all alone, when you feel that you are the only one that is being asked to do this, the only one that is facing this trial, remember God is purposely shaping your character for a goal that he has for you. And if we wait on him, And we allow that to happen, we can soar like the eagles. We can overcome the uh, the uh, you can overcome gravity. You can overcome the the fleshly desires. We can overcome discouragement if we wait upon the Lord. So let's do that this week. Wait upon Him. Trust Him. He has a purpose. And a plan for every one of us. And he wants to bring forth his character in our lives. And his attitude. And the attitudes that he wants. So those are the few thoughts that I've been thinking about the last few weeks. Lord, help me to wait. And help me not to look around my situations and be overcome. Even when it feels like I'm the only one that's facing this trial. God may want me to feel like that. So that I'd lean on him. So may the Lord add his blessing.